President Yoon returned home Sunday after a six-day visit to the United States. Naturally, there is a big divide between how the presidential office and the Liberal Democratic Party measure the success of this trip, especially on the topic of security. Now, in terms of Washington declaration, what are the dominant standing views? And as for the billions of dollars of investments from leading South Korean and U.S. companies on joint ventures, was President Yoon successful in his sales diplomacy? For further analysis on President's state visit, we're joined by Professor Kim Byung-chu of the Hankook University of Foreign Studies. Good morning, Professor Kim. Good morning. Happy Labor Day. <laughs> Same to you as well. Well, it looks like I'm still continuing to work to, throughout the day anyway. But anyway, yes. <laughs> we appreciate you joining us despite the holiday. Thank uh, you. Let us start off with the security side of the outcomes. As per usual, there seems to be a big divide and a discrepancy between what the presidential office and then the opposition party are claiming in terms of achievements and shortcomings. How would you, based on your expertise, Professor Kim, assess the trip success? Yeah, I think the real essence of the the gain that was made uh, this time in the form of uh, Washington Declaration uh, is what they call Nuclear Consultative Consultative Group, uh, NCG, Nuclear Consultative Group. Mm -hmm. And uh, depending on how you evaluate it, I think the assessment will differ here. So let's talk about what this uh, NCG is. We don't have the details. We know it's a little bit weaker than NPG. That's uh, what they have. Uh, what they have between United States and NATO. It's called nuclear planning group. Nuclear planning group is more extensive in terms of the coverage of the. You, uh, you know, at the, in terms of scope of European participation in planning and managing U.S. nuclear weapons in Europe, uh, in Korea. It's it looks like NCG, a nuclear consultative group, uh, their scope is rather limited. So uh, how does this come to Korean uh, publics in terms of its reception? Those people who are very concerned about North Korean threat, um, they have demanded different things depending on different people. Uh, the highest level of protection uh, the conservative uh, Koreans want is actually South Korea's own nuclear armament. Mm. They believe if South Korea has its own nuclear weapons, despite all the international challenges and, you know, uh, despite the possibility of having to leave a non-proliferation treaty and having suffering sanctions of the international committee, uh, community, still uh, they believe that it would be better for Korea uh, to have its own nuclear weapons because that solves everything. It involves all the problems and there'll be no more problem with North Korea. For them, of course, this NCG result uh, from summit is way in, in, insufficient. Right. There's a big gap between NCG and their what they're arguing for, uh, South Korea's nuclear armament. Uh, a little bit lower than uh, that level, uh, there are people who say, at least let's have a U.S. tactical nuclear weapons here in South Korea. Once we have U.S. nuclear weapons on in South Korea, if something happens, the United States will have to use these nuclear weapons. So it's an automatic trigger, mm. trip wire, and that makes South Korea more secure. Mm. So for those people, again, NCG is a lot weaker than what they're talking about. NCG, under NCG agreement, the United States will have their nuclear weapons outside South Korea, somewhere in Japan or Guam, and they'll have to come to help us. So for them, it's, it's 
week. Mm. Uh, At the lowest level, Mm. you know, as I said, uh, there are people who are saying, at least let's have something what Europeans have, like Mm. NPG, Mm. nuclear planning group, uh, nuclear sharing, have our hand on the button of, uh, you know, U.S. nuclear weapons. Mm. And that will make us feel a little bit secure. For them, also, this NCG, the result of summit is insufficient. So uh, it's the weakest form, I think, that these two governments achieved this time. So it's insufficient for those people who want strong protection. But then again, considering all the problems with these three options of nuclear sharing, Mm-hmm. U.S. tactical nuclear weapons placement in South Korea or South Korea's, uh, you know, own uh, nuclear armament. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they have all their problems. And uh, instead of those, having this one being achieved is a result. It's mm-hmm. it's not a non-result. It's something that has been uh, achieved. And, and considering all these different factors that mm-hmm. are on the table, uh, this was what was workable. And for me, I kind of accept it, even though I still see it's, in a week. Mm. There seems to be somewhat of a consensus in seeing that it's clearly not the strongest option, obviously, available on the table. Now, as you mentioned, depending on where you fall on the spectrum, your opinion it may differ on the nuclear right. umbrella. Mm-hmm. Uh, wherever I go uh, throughout the city over the weekend, I saw banners touting uh, President Yoon's success in the economic front on this trip, and experts seem clearly less divided on the business economic side of the summit's outcome. They say it's clearly less than what they had hoped for, but it's not too shabby. Do you agree? Yes and no. Uh, I think security <laughs> side agreement is uh, relatively stronger, even though it's the weakest among the different options we have had, most realistic. On the business side, I think it's uh, it's a kind of, uh, you know, below expectation indeed. And I understand. I can explain it. Uh, and uh, what we've been looking for is... Uh, on the electric vehicle side subsidy, we were looking for ways for Korean vehicles to receive the electric vehicle subsidy as well. On the Chips Act side, we were looking for ways to ease conditions for Korean chip makers to receive their uh, U.S. government support when they build factories in the United States. Mm. And on the uh, nuclear energy side, they were looking for certain resolution. Uh, and uh, ways, opening pathways for Korea to build uh, nuclear power plants overseas, like Czech Republic that we are working on at this point. All three fronts, the fact is we don't have results. Mm. There's nothing that was agreed. And then only agreement that United States and Korean government will work together on these issues. So there's no agreement. That's why it's below expectation. Okay. And um, and I can explain. I mean, you know, United States on vehicle subsidy issues, if they offer subsidies to Korea vehicles, they'll have to offer sub- the same to the European and Japanese vehicles. Mm. And this is U.S. taxpayer money. Mm. It's a lot of money. And I can see why it's difficult for them uh, mm. to help South Korean car makers. But still, still, you know, that something needs to be done on this front, the way I see it. Mm. Chips Act as well, you know, you know, the whole point though is building um, you know, semiconductor uh, production system outside, outside of China. So United States trying to uh, bar and discourage investment in China. Uh, we can understand the reason behind it. And so, uh, you know, the Korean companies will have to cooperate with it. But at this point, they have to make the pathways easier. And we are expecting more 
uh, actions. And the nuclear power front, if we have this nuclear armament and nuclear weapons issue, at least there has to be a stronger cooperation on the nuclear power generation side. And that's what we are looking for as well. So on all those three issue fronts, economic business side result, uh, I think the two countries will have to work further on this, even beyond the summit itself. Okay. Let let us set aside just for a moment the discussion how the outstanding issues were dealt with so we can talk about the optics. The White House State Dinner, the speech to the joint session of Congress, do you have any thoughts on those? (laughs) Uh, A lot of my foreign friends actually got in touch with me. I'm not joking. This is a true story. And and they were sending messages to me. Oh, we didn't know your president can sing. Speak English <laughs> or sing? <laughs> sing. Sing. Yeah. Was sing. First. yeah. Uh, there, there were other presidents uh, who gave a speech in English in the Congress. Right. So that was not as eye-catching. But singing at the White House was something that I don't think people have seen that much in the past. So it was <laughs> sensational. And my foreign friends, like Singapore and elsewhere, Australia, they were all reacting I think they're quite positively, they thought it was entertaining, but more than anything in their eyes, uh, what it indicated was that the trust between Biden and Yoon is strong, Mm -hmm. and the relationship between the two countries uh, is is firm. So I think that message was important, and that was was good that we sent the message to the world that way. And on the Capitol Hill, giving mm-hmm. speech in English and having you know standing ovations so many times mm-hmm. like that, what it means is this. Fundamentally speaking, Korea is concerned about the political system in the United States, particularly, uh, you know, every presidential election, uh, you know, parties can change their hands. And what we are saying is, uh, you know, next year, 2024 election, uh, presidential election in the United States, in case GOP, the Republican Party, takes over the control, uh, even uh, even the scenario where uh, Donald Trump comes back into mm. White House, mm. we have to be prepared. And for that, I think President Yoon receiving standing ovation from both parties of mm. lawmakers on Capitol Hill with such enthusiasm, I think that's a good thing. Mm. Because even if Trump comes into White House, Still, he'll be bound by the Republican Party lawmakers standing on South Korea. So no matter what he does, he will be still uh, limited by his party's uh, support for South Korea. So that was a good thing. So I think on both sides, uh, White House singing and Capitol Hill speech, (laughs) Hmm. uh, South Korea gained a big, uh, you know, there was a big achievements on both sides. Okay, so uh, all those pleasantries aside to get to the really complex question that lie ahead for President Yoon, specifically on China. Of course, we heard some harsh words coming out of Beijing on the summit. Uh, How should the China issue and, of course, regarding Russia too, be dealt with moving forward, that is, because it seems that CCTV seemed to have left out expert view on Washington Declaration that viewed it positively. The Global Times ran an opinion piece on how the Yoon's overwhelming pro-U.S. policy could become a nightmare for South Korea. It kind of sounds more like a threat. So how do we position ourselves going forward, in fact, regarding China? The rhetorics and wording coming out of uh, China's official, uh, you know, the government lines, as well as China's government-controlled media, 
they're astonishing in terms of the level of their being provocative. Mm. And uh, I think I saw some critics saying that China is getting closer with North Korea in terms of the use of wording and rhetoric in mm. terms of, you know, not hesitating to use very verbal words and so on, uh, really compromising their world standing uh, from our perspective. South Korea, China uh, stands on the top of the list that South Koreans dislike the most. Mm. And recent survey shows Koreans in their 20s and 30s, 91% of them dislike China the most among different countries. So this is a serious problem. And what they're doing right now is, well, they're hurting themselves. So China needs to realize that on, on the side of South Korea, what we have to do is we have to be clear in terms of uh, the, the stance that we're not going to tolerate this kind of a bullying. Uh, so mm-hmm. what uh, Yun government has done recently in countering this bullying words and and the harsh rhetorics, uh, shouting back, if you will, is the right thing to do, and mm-hmm. we have to do it. Not in China way. We don't want to be. Uh-huh. We don't want to be as low as they are, mm-hmm. but we want to do it in a very professional and and uh, ways that's acceptable to global community. But still and stern. Want, okay. But right. Still stern. We want to exactly. We want to remain. Uh, you know, maintain our higher ground, but mm-hmm. we will counter those rhetorics. So that. Point number one. Point number two is, I think, after this summit with the United States, it's time for South Korea to articulate our China policy and and policy towards Russia. Mm. Uh, For decades, through different administrations, South Korea has maintained a strategy called strategic ambiguity, uh, not articulating where we stand, and they keep everything unclear. I think the time for that strategy has run its course and now we're entering a different phase and we're where we want to articulate our stance towards china and russia it's not saying we are going to be 100 percent we have to say our strong stance with the united states but we have to articulate that there's a room for working with china uh cooperating with china and we have to define what that area is mm-hmm. uh, i think by doing so we can find some pathways here and so it's time to work on where we stand with, with regard to China. We are not completely uh, cutting off from China. Even some Korean government has a statement has said that we are against uh, decoupling. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we still are interested in cooperating with China. And I think we should define the limits and extent of this cooperation. They will give us breathing room, mm-hmm. if you will. That's, that's my take on China here. And our last question on President Yoon's state visit to the United States. It's clear that President Yoon's foreign policy aligns South Korea much more closer with Washington and Tokyo. And uh, accordingly, the Washington summit may produce some of the more visible outcomes from the Japan side of Korea's diplomacy. That's at least uh, based on a lot of pundits. Would you agree with that statement? Uh, I think that's the general expectation. And Mm -hmm. I think already we've seen uh, certain results one by one, putting Korea back on white list on the side mm. of Japan for experts and so on. So I think those steps will continue. Now, uh, I think what we have to work on is trying uh, to the extent we can unify and strengthen our stance uh, toward Japan at home here. And in doing so, what we have to keep in mind is that uh, Japan is like sort of like South Korea, uh, completely different from China in terms of division of opinion. Uh, what I mean is, in Japan, uh, there will be, continue to be, people who oppose um, uh, being, and you know, 
in any way possible flexible towards South Korea. Oh. Whether, you know, those people will continue to insist upon this unacceptable nationalist rhetoric on their side in dealing with South Korea. That's a fact. Mm. And uh, in South Korea, we will have same kind of people who will continue to say we will not work with Japan unless the whole country in unison, 100 uh, percent, offer their most sincere apology to South Korea again from the heart. Mm. Uh, so we have this unbending group on both sides. And what we have to do is uh, we have to work with the reality. Mm. And in doing so, uh, those South Koreans who are willing uh, should accept the fact that Japan is never going to become one mm. on this issue, which means we cannot expect Japan in unison, in unified way to act in any certain ways. What that means is that we have to work with those Japanese who want to work on improving relationship with South Korea. I think that is actually the majority. Yeah. It's a just small minority that stands firm on the nationalistic stance. So right. I think we should focus on them. Mm. And at the same time, uh, we have to work on uh, with work with the other South Koreans. I think actually in South Korea, it looks like the number shows it's more than half right, right. <laughs> who do not work with Japan. Yeah. But we got to have our internal conversation uh, mm -hmm. why we need cooperation with Japan under the current, current circumstances and what kind of alternatives we have if we don't. Right, right. What is it that we can do if we decide not to work with Japan and continue to accept Japan, uh, continue to demand Japan come to us in one piece, unified country, Japan offering their sincere apology once again. So according to some people's account, it will have to be 54th apology uh, uh. that have been taking place <laughs> in the past. But anyway, uh, right, so right. we have to think about our alternatives and then we have to think about ways to have discussion with the, the, the other side of uh, the spectrum here. So it's a uh, amazingly challenging task, but right. I think we will have to undertake. Right, and I think task. you highlight the sentiment quite well because it's a challenging task. It's been a back and forth for years on end, but looking for much more pragmatic ways to deal with it, I think that seems to be a more wise decision going forward. Professor Kim, yeah. we appreciate the insights as always. We'll speak to you again next week. Thank you very much. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.